This is Solid State Sessions, a show dedicated to original music from local bands and artists. Broadcasting from his bunker located 40 feet below downtown Lapeer. Wait, he's live in studio? Oh, f- This is going to be a train wreck. Here's your host, Adam Herhock. It is Friday right here on Sessions. How you doing? Adam Herrock here hanging out with you. I love Fridays. I love I love Sessions, but I love Fridays because it gives me the chance to interview the bands that make this fantastic music. Todd Gilbert. He has a new album called Encore. We're going to be talking to him all about it. We're going to be spinning some of the tunes, talking about them, and letting you know how you can add it to your collection. Let's kick things off. Here is his track. Here's Go! And it's on Sessions on Solid State Radio.
Todd Gilbert with Go from his new album, Encore. Todd Gilbert in studio with me. He is no stranger to this studio. Todd, welcome back. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me back, man. Okay, so Go from the new album, Encore. I already know the backstory, but I've got to give you a flag. It's my job. I've kind of signed on to this. <laughs> Your previous album was called Finale. This yeah. one's called... Encore. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the Rolling Stones retired like four times. Kiss retired twice. Uh, okay, well, uh, it's a thing. But no. <laughs> well, I'm, I, okay, because I I want to delve in a little bit with the sure. whole idea of finale. Mm-hmm. Now, you kind of you were very vocal on social media, mm-hmm. but tell us now what was the whole idea. Behind finale, were were you did at the time? Did you truly think you were done recording music? I did. Um, I got to the point, not music altogether, but as a solo artist, um, I had gotten to the point where, and this isn't meant as like a pity party or anything like that, but like I had put out three albums in 2020 um, during the pandemic because what the hell else was I going to do? And, um, you're you're stuck in your house. You can play video games or whatever, but you get boring after a while. So many kids were born that next year. I mean, my girlfriend and I didn't murder each other. That's a plus, you know, we, (laughs) we, uh, we got together in 2019 and then right as we moved in together, the pandemic hit and oh boy, she, she was like, if we can survive this, our relationship will be fine. (laughs) And I'm proud to say four years in and we're still together. Give her a a shout out. Oh yeah. Samantha's amazing. She's literally the best partner I've ever had. Um, and hopefully the last one I'll ever have, but, um, but so I did the three albums and each album like got less and less plays as it came out and you try not to pay attention to that stuff, you know, like then it doesn't really matter. You're making art and you know, blah, 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 but it does get to you after a while, you know? And sure. I also hadn't written an original song, um, since 2020 was the last time I, I physically wrote a song. Right. Um, and the next, the last two albums after that were all songs written by other people. Not necessarily covers, like uh, Jim Forniatis and I did an album called Isolation, which is still, and I just love that album. I love how it turned out. But Jim, uh, if any of you don't know, um, is from a band called Rats of Unusual Size, big oh, yeah. Magd and Flint forever, legendary Flint, Flint group, and... He's a hell of a guy and a hell of a writer. Oh, my God, and yes. And he had the idea of, let's make an album together. I'm like, oh, all right, you know. And it turned out incredible. It was, it, I'm very, very proud of it. Um, but I didn't write any of it, you know what I mean? And I was, sort of was going through the motions of I'm making albums because that's just what I do. You know what I mean? It wasn't because I was feeling passionate about something or had something to say or anything. It was just... Well, I'm a musician. I make records. I'm just going to keep making records. And the last album, I really had to push to get it finished because oh, I just I kind of yeah. fell out of love with it. You know what I mean? Part of it was the support thing, but that was a really minimal thing. It's not really that big of a deal. Sure. Um, but I just felt life pulling me in many different directions aside from it. Um, during the pandemic, I got more into art again. Because I went to college for art, and um, so I got more into that, doing the comic conventions and things like that. 
Uh, went yeah, out I want to talk to you about that yeah, a little later yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, went out and got a big boy job. Uh, <laughs> you know, I tried to do the starving artist thing for a long time, and there's a reason it's called that. Um, <laughs> you know, and my kids are growing up. My kids are going to be 15 in uh, February. And so, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of decided, you know, it was time to, you know, time to just call it a day for the foreseeable future. And I kind of, but only as a solo artist, I was still like recording on other people's records. I did a lot of session work as a drummer for bands like uh, Pivotal Awakening, which uh, is a really amazing Christian group that uh, hired me to play drums on almost all of their songs. Right. Um, so I did a lot of studio work, uh, studio work, uh, session work with Marshall Block and Real to Real. Um, still one of his session drummers. Marshall is an amazing guy to work with. Um, and I did some work uh, for people that Jim was producing. And the Undesirables band that I did yes. is still kicking around. We're still working on the second record, but trying to get a bunch of band guys to do things at the same time is like herding cats. So, and especially when one lives in Los Angeles. So it's, it's a whole thing. Herding herding cats. uh, Right. If that's not the album title. I mean, it it might be, but uh, the, that album is about 70% finished now. Oh, no kidding. Um, Okay. And we only put the first single out from it like what a year and a half ago. But uh, which the the Kiss cover Freak? Yeah, yes. that's on the new album. But man, oh man, have we been taking a minute? But yeah, right. You know, I kind of was just like, you know, maybe I'm done as a solo artist. Maybe, maybe music for me going forward is just playing fun shows once in a while and contributing to other people's work and maybe having a fun little band or something. Because sure. I just didn't feel the the urge to do solo stuff anymore and it wasn't really out of bitterness i wasn't like well screw these guys I'm yeah, all yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. it just kind of i'd done it for god over 20 years and you know during that time i had a lot of death happen um my dear friend ashley peacock who wrote the song that we just heard and every song on this record passed away in 2019 and like Almost a year to the day, uh, my best friend Jeff passed away, and then shortly thereafter, my aunt passed away, and then shortly after that, my uncle passed away, and those two, um, my aunt and uncle, were the really big parts of my life. They were very, they were the aunts and uncles that were always around. They lived right down the street, like we were always, you know, family gatherings, things like that. My uncle is the one... Uh, with my dad that I learned to play guitar with and, you know, got a lot of my love of rock and roll and Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all that from my uncle, you know. Um, So, you know, all those deaths piling on right in a row also kind of contributed to it because I didn't know where I was mentally anymore. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, if you're not feeling it, don't do it, especially Mm -hmm. in the uh, the music world. If you're not feeling it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you put that to bed for a while. Yeah, uh, you did some. Uh, you you went and did some um, comic cons. Yeah, you, you're doing some paintings, and and mm-hmm. we are getting back to the music, folks. I swear, but <laughs> he. I mean, you've it's had... a journey, folks. It's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> it all come comes on. back. I swear. <laughs> so uh, you know what? How about we put a pin in that? Let's come back to that. Sure. Let's uh, talk about time to make a change. Okay. Now, okay. So now you're with the album Encore, mm-hmm. which you were not the writer of. No. So the the point of this album, and it it honestly stemmed from therapy. So 
I, after all the death, decided to seek a grief counselor because I was having Good a hard you. time. Well, thanks. I was I was having a hard time coping with all of that at once because you know you're you're mourning the one and then here comes three more. You know what I mean? So you never really I never really got to process really any of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was really sending me in like a depression spiral where it was affecting my life, my relationship, uh, my work, like everything. It was, you know, it's depression's a monster if you can't get the reins on it. You know what I mean? It's and, a monster if you don't understand that that's what you're experiencing. Yeah, and There's I There's so many people out there that they don't deal with their mental health. Like, mm-hmm. if I if I say, like, Todd, I was at the doctor today, my knee is screwed up. You're like, wow, I hope you feel better. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people I say, you know, I, I'm just not feeling right. Everybody's like, well, just suck it up. Yeah, absolutely. And And mental health, I think, is the most important thing for your life. You know, I mean... I think everybody should do therapy at least a little, you know, to have that um, unbiased person that doesn't have a dog in the fight to talk to about whatever is going on in your head. You know, somebody who is trained to where you're like, okay, you're talking about this, but is it possible you're also thinking of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've been through it and it is it helps immensely. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I started doing that and I started to kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel, like starting to come out on the other side. Okay. And I had the idea. It was coming up on his birthday, um, which was just recently. Ashley Peacock's yeah, birthday. Okay. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 28th, I believe. Otherwise, I'm a horrible friend. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm terrible with numbers. But um, And I work at a bank. Figure that out. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it got to the point where... Um, I finally figured out how I was going to deal with the grief. And that was taking music from a friend, a dear friend of mine that um, kind of started this whole downward spiral for me. Not him personally, but him, you know, what happened with him and him taking his own life right. and, and okay, you know, okay, trying yeah. to wrap your head around all that. Gotcha. Okay. So I went back and I started listening to his catalog, which I hadn't listened to in a while because, you know, it's kind of hard to do and, you know... Someone's passed away, and I'm sorry, this is sad for a minute, but it gets happy, I promise. But, you know, <laughs> someone passes away. It's like, you know, you don't want to watch a home video of a, of a relative right after they passed away. You know what I mean? No. Um, but I started to finally listen to all this stuff again, and there were certain songs that were hitting me in a way of going, you know, I know this song was written about this, but in a way, it can be repurposed to apply to what I'm going through. Or the stages of grief and what people go through and coping with, you know, loss or, and not necessarily even the loss of a life, like the loss of a relationship, loss of a friendship. Um, But you were taking it as? Yeah, I was taking it totally as almost like the stages of grief, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, But I wanted to put a positive spin on it. And so I took songs that I thought applied to it the best from his entire like catalog and there's a lot to go through but I found songs that I thought applied to each um each emotion like that and I thought what a cool way to one let his music have like another breath you know what I mean yes um you know not saying everybody's going to go buy my record but 
to give it to give it another push a little bit, you know. And right. Maybe someone will listen to that song, and go, "Wow, who wrote it?" and look on the back and see his name and go check out all of his other stuff, you know. And it's a way of keeping a best friend with me forever, you know. Because every show I play, there's going to be at least one song from that record. So even if it's just one song, he's on stage with me every night. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where this album came into play and I thought man like and that's the the reason I called it encore was honestly meant as a joke <laughs> like that because I thought you knew man, I was going to come oh, at yeah. you <laughs> well, and I I would have came at myself had I not been me um and I thought man I made an album saying I was done I called it finale there's a on the album cover is me sitting in an empty damn theater <laughs> like like you know the song at the end is like this is the end of it like it's all over and then here's another damn album so i'm like what do i do and i'm like i know i know all good shows have an encore that's what we'll do we'll call it encore and you know it's tongue-in-cheek and yeah Yeah. i really did mean to be done but you know it makes sense though when you put in perspective about uh going through Ashley Peacock's library mm-hmm. and going through it. And and also, I love the fact that you're bringing in the whole idea of mental health and keeping yes. up with it. So yes. this is awesome. So we're about to go into the track, Time yeah. to Make a Change. Mm-hmm. Talk about that with me. So this song, now, while the lyrics kind of sound like it might be... Um, it's kind of one that you can kind of take your at your own what you take out of it, and what I always took out of the song is it's about a, a broken relationship. Now, not necessarily a husband and wife or boyfriend or girl, just any kind of relationship, and it's about becoming complacent and realizing that in that complacency, you're about to ruin and throw away something that's perfectly beautiful. And so you're realizing it's time to make a change in your life, time to make a change in your mental state and bring things back to how they used to be. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, it's really about healing um, together. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So let's check it out from the new album Encore. Here's Todd Gilbert. Time to make a change. And it's on Sessions. I can feel a bitter chill it's on. Skies are dark and clouds are rolling in Lightning strikes inside my heart without a care I think of you and thunder brings the rain Don't have much to say 
It's time to make a change. All local, all original, all the time. This is Sessions. Time to make a change from the new album, Encore. I got Todd Gilbert in studio. Now, we talked about the song itself, but I do have some tech heads. Now, I I make the show for the music listener, mm-hmm. but if there are some other musicians that like the show and listen to it, sure. thank you very much. So every once in a while, I throw them a bone. I love okay. the guitar work oh, towards the end of Time to Make a Change. Uh, what were you playing through? What were you, what were you playing and what were you playing through? So my rig has gotten very streamlined over the years for many reasons. One, I'm old and I don't want to you carry live around in a bunch apartment. of crap. <laughs> yeah, also I live in an apartment. Um, Let's call spade right. a spade. Now I still have a guitar amp. I yeah. still have pedals and all that. Yeah, yeah. But they never go on the road. They no, live no. at home. I mostly play through a head rush unit now. So that's wow. what I played through on the record, except for this song was actually through an amp. This song was through an old Tiasco, which was a... Uh, oh, my God. Yes. I haven't was, heard one of those in a long time. Which was sold, I believe, by Sears back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the amp was um, owned by... Um, Mine and Ashley's friend Sean Ambedon, his father owned it. And his father gave the amp to Ash. Ash, at that point, like, resurfaced it, made it look really cool. Um, Then it was gifted to me, and I took it to my um, tech guy who, like, you know, did some, you know, put new grill on it, made it all nice, whatever. It's a little tiny single 8-inch, you know, solid state amp but it just has this character to it that's incredible and so some of those things can be recreated yeah and so the the sounds you hear of the lead on that is that tiasco it is a um reverb pedal um it's made by azure which is a cheaper company but it sounds amazing um there is a boss delay the dd3 that i've used my whole musical career and um the um uh boss sd1 uh distortion pedal yep overdrive pedal it's the what the edge from u2 uses it's his secret weapon (laughs) (laughs) um Those those are the main effects, and then I'm playing through. It's a 1976 uh, blonde finish Les Paul Custom. I know you showed me a picture. Yeah, I had to uh, yeah. excuse myself to the bath, please I, myself. I, I mean, know, it was right? a, such a great. <laughs> but I mean, you didn't buy it off the rack. You got no, it. God no. I, I I looked up how much that thing is worth. It's gross. But uh, <laughs> um, in all it's the, in the best five ways. figures, isn't yeah, it? It is. Yeah. Um, about four, but still, still, it's still a few figures. High four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that guitar belonged to my Uncle Paul, okay. my dad's brother. And when I was little, him and my dad would, you know, hang out. They'd play guitar together. My dad plays guitar, too. And I saw that guitar as a little kid. And I'm like, wow, that guitar looks so cool. And it's what got me, like, fascinated with guitar. Yeah. And anytime I was at my uncle's house, I'd try and find an excuse to pull that guitar off the stand and play it. We would learn less. Yeah, you must have been pretty. Because, I mean, those 70s Les Pauls, they were they weighed a ton. <laughs> that thing is a beast. It's yeah. probably at least ten pounds. Oh, easy. And it's because it's two two pieces, and it's it's solid. Yes. But um, so my uncle and I, he was a humongous Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd fan. Okay. Zeppelin was his favorite band of all time, and we learned a bunch of Zeppelin songs together, and it was fun to show each other stuff we've learned. And um, when he passed away. He was one of the ones I was talking about earlier. At the funeral, they had his guitar 
sitting on a stand right next to where he was, you know, oh, which wow. was really beautiful. And before the, because usually the family goes in before everybody else, you know, the family goes in to have some time, whatever. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're gathered in the room to go in and my aunt pulls me aside and she said, when this is over, I want you to take that guitar with you. It's yours now. She said, there's nobody on this planet he would want to have it besides you. All right. I mean, it's, and it's, after not, I got, it's not just you and I here. It's everybody yeah. else here. But what was your initial reaction? And be honest. Well, after I got done crying like a baby, um, <laughs> because not only does that guitar signify like my love of music for me, it's where where my love of playing kind of was inspired from. It also it also represents the relationship I had with my uncle. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's very twofold. It's a beautiful thing. And it's and I take it, you know, to shows and that's the only guitar I play in shows, even to against my better judgment, because if anything happened to it, oh my God. Oh, but insure, I also can't afford thing, to buy it. another one. So we're gonna just use that. Oh, it is insured <laughs> by the way. Yes. Oh yeah. Um yes, insurance folks, make sure you have it. But um <laughs> yeah, that guitar has been such a gift. And honestly, that is also another reason why I started making music again because being gifted this beautiful instrument, it almost felt like a betrayal to not do something with it. It can't just live on a stand where, you know, people come over, hey, see that guitar? That's cool, isn't it? And it is, but, you know... Don't touch it! Right! It's like Spinal Tap. Don't even look at it! (laughs) But, (laughs) But to be able to make music with it was really fun. You know what I mean? It's a, and it's a great, I mean, it plays like butter. Les Pauls are, oh, oh, yeah. I've been a Les Paul person my whole life. It's the the gold standard. Mm-hmm. All right, so we could wax ecstatic about music uh, yeah. equipment all night long, but oh, yeah, we got to the... And Megami cables for you, your, uh, for you <laughs> gearheads. Be- no, no. They what picks life- are you playing these days? They have a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> um, <laughs> are, are we sponsored now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. All right, <clears throat> almost any. Talk me this. Talk <laughs> me through this track. So I, um, Ash had a band at one point. They were called The Times, and they got so far as to have a song on television, uh, two different shows. Uh, they had a song in the TV show One Tree Hill. If anybody remembers that, I do. Um, they also had a show, a song on Teen Mom. I remember that one with Farrah Abraham. That's right. Yep. And we're just going to leave that there. If anybody wants to Google her, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> but wow. it was a really fun band. And they, you know, lost their bass player at one point. And so he asked me if I wanted to be in the band. Now, at this time, he lived in Cincinnati and I'm living in Flint. So I'm like, little um, difference. I'm like, yeah. well, Star Trek teleporters don't exist. So how the <laughs> hell are we going to do that? And so the band didn't play a whole hell of a lot. They played maybe once a month, maybe once every other month. So there was a thing called Megabus, which I don't even think is a thing anymore. But for Sounds like 30 familiar. bucks, you could take a bus to Cincinnati. Oh, wow. It was incredible. So I started megabussing down to Cincinnati every time. How long of a drive was that? <sighs> On the bus, seven hours. In a car, four and a half. It, you know, I went down and auditioned because, you know, it's only fair. You know, yeah. you can't just be like, my friend is in the band now. Right, right. And I auditioned with the drummer, who was a drummer I learned so much from. Okay. Um, we got done with one song, and he looked at me and he goes, so you want the gig? Without even asking the rest of the band, the drummer's like, so you're the bass player, right? And it was a lot of fun and a lot of fun memories playing with that band. And that's where this song comes from, is from that band. It was, uh, I think, the first song on their album, uh, and it's one I just always really loved. It's a rock and fun bop. Okay, are we know? about to hear like the original cut, or is this like uh, uh, your? These okay. are all from the record. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Here's Todd Gilbert from the new album Encore. Here is almost anything, and it's on sessions. <laughs>
right there on sessions todd gilbert right there from his album encore and i just happen to have todd gilbert in studio funny how that works out huh? <laughs> it's your first time here are you finding everything okay i mean the, the i found the booze it's over there it, it's plentiful it's it everywhere it's first growing time out. here first time yeah you ha- you hosted a show here on mm-hmm. salsa radio for many many yeah. years all right so uh you you're doing the encore thing You've yeah. done the music thing, but you're kind of you're a multifaceted hmm. kind of entertainer. I yeah. mean, you do. Yeah. I, 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 you're rolling your eyes. I, I'm I'm coming at you with this. No, no, you're no, doing no. the Comic Con thing. I love this. Come on, yeah. talk to me about this. So I actually started as an artist before music. Um, I, I was the kid that got in school in trouble in high in school all the time for drawing in class. Um, was like the teacher. <clears throat> like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know my my best friend Adam Withers and I were very art driven. We loved comics. We loved you know cartoons, all that stuff. So we were making our own comics at the age of like seven to 10 years old you know they weren't good but we were you know drawing our own because why not you know right <clears throat> and uh and then i kind of went the rock and roll way whereas he went the art way he went uh to grand rapids to an art college and now him and his wife self-published their own comics and have won awards and do big shows and comic cons and all this nice job nice oh yeah they're him and his wife comfort are incredible and, uh, and what's uh, the name of their comic uh so they've got two rainbow in the dark is a mini series they did but their main series is called the uniques okay. um definitely check them out they're on webtoons they also have their own books you can get they're wonderful um and i did the music thing for a while but again pandemic 
what the hell else am I going to do? I got back into art as well. You know, I was trying to mess around with it more. And I got a drawing tablet, you know, the, that you can hook up to your computer and use a stylus pen and draw on there. Because my biggest issue with art for a long time was I make a lot of mistakes. And you can only erase on a piece of paper for so, so long before it wears through. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was so frustrating for me. And so I'm like, I just want to get this thing done and blah, blah, blah. And then it looked like crap. And, you know, so having this tablet really let me dive in more and really you can make as many mistakes as you want to hit the undo button until it looks right. Right. <clears throat> so I started having a lot of fun doing that. And uh, a buddy of mine uh, named Eric Tinnen, who uh, is the regional manager of Media Reload. Uh, they have many. Yes. Big, yes. Um, yes. Flint, Burton, Saginaw, Utica. Uh, some of the best, the best place for, you know, used video games, music, movies. You know, they're awesome. I worked there for a couple of years, actually, uh, right before my current job. Um, they were doing a show called Really Cool Comic Con at the Dorrit Financial Center. <clears throat> and they were a part of it. They were help putting the show on and everything. And he's like, he was seeing some of the art that I was posting. And he's like, you should really get into this. I think you'd really dig it. And at that time, I had started working at Media Reading. Um, and he's like, you would really dig this, I think. You should really try it. Sure. And I was apprehensive because I'm new. Who the hell knows who I am? Who's going to care? Right. But I'm like, what the hell? Why not? You know, it was, it was like 150 bucks for a table for the whole weekend. So <clears throat> I got a bunch of prints of my stuff that I had been working on, made up some new things, and did a table and actually did really well. And a lot of people were buying stuff, having me sign stuff. I was meeting a lot of oh, other nice. am- amazing artists that quickly became friends. And it's really cool because the con circuit is like a big family. Like, it's like a carny type thing. You know what I mean? Once sure. you're in, you're, you're in. all friends. You know what I mean? So Please, we, Sopranos, <clears throat> there's only one way out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we toss each other shows like, hey, check out this show. You do good on this show. Oh, yeah, well, you should check this one out. You know, and we do shows together. And it's, it's a really great community. And I've had a lot of fun. I've got to do... And I do all sorts of pop culture stuff. It's not just comics. It's, you know, I do like wrestling prints. I do uh, musicians, TV shows, movies. Um, I've been really blessed in like I've had some of my stuff shared by the people I did the pictures for. Yeah. Okay. I'm going <coughs> to put a pin in this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm an interviewer. I've got <clears throat> sure. you here, but I'm also a fan. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you did a really good uh, panoramic view of the members of KISS. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had uh, the KISS logo mm-hmm. exactly as I remember. I believe yeah. from KISS Alive 2. Correct. Yep. And, Good eye. Yep. And you had Gene, Paul, and everybody. But then you also had everybody else. You had Eric Carr. You mm-hmm. had Mark St. John. and Even Vinnie Vincent. I'm sorry. Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> That guy. We'll talk about that off the air. Yeah. Uh, right. He's he's in there. I mean, you got Tommy Thayer, mm-hmm. Eric Singer, but Bruce Kulick yes. saw that, shared it without any kind of provocation. Yeah. You t- you tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the idea for that piece came from my buddy Virgil Brewer. He thought it'd be really, because I was like, I'm trying to figure, I was trying to figure out how Virgil to Virgil Brewer, I, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah Uncle. I was, uh, I, I was yeah, trying yeah. to figure out a way to do... A kiss print that wasn't just the dudes in makeup, the same thing. You know, I was trying to do something different. Right. And he's like, wouldn't it be funny to do it as an old school family photo where they're all in suits (laughs) and no makeup? And it makes it more fun, too, because the diehard fans will know who everybody is. But the regular fans might only recognize Gene and Paul. Right. So it makes it kind of a fun fan Easter egg thing for the bigger diehards. And so it took forever because there's a lot of guys. But nine. And I had (laughs) to to figure out color schemes because I couldn't be wearing the same colors, of course. No. And Ace. Paul, Pete, and Gene have already dedicated colors they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But orange, nobody else orange did. for 
uh, Eric. Eric Carr, correct. Yeah, yep. Yep. Um, and so I did it, and I finally got done with it. I'm like, I, I love it. I'm going to share it. I tagged the band. I tagged everybody that has social media that was in it. So I tagged like Ace and Pete and Bruce and Gene and Paul and everybody. And about, I think, two, three hours later, I got a notification and it said, uh, Bruce Kulik has shared your post. And I'm like, no. What? Nuh-uh. And I saw it and he had posted it on his Facebook page and his Twitter page. And there was already like hundreds of comments. Yeah. And about 98 of them were great. Because uh, <laughs> you always got that. Yeah, one screw those asshole, two, you know. 2%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always got that one guy that's like, well, I would have done it. Well, you do one then. But like. <laughs> But you didn't. Did a lot you? of people appreciated that you only see about one third of Vinnie Vincent in the picture. He's kind of off camera sneaking in. <laughs> but um, Bruce shared it. And the, another cool thing is the thing so. Is, I, I saw, I didn't even see your print of it. Mm-hmm. I saw Bruce's oh, share nice. of it first. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty. That's, I know that guy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. So, on a, as a goof, I'm like, well, maybe I'll reach out to him and maybe send him. Because how cool would that be to send him a copy that he can hang in his house? You oh, know? sure. Sure. So, I, I messaged him on Facebook, and about five minutes later, he messaged me back. And I said, because all I said was, hey, thanks for sharing my picture. It means a lot to me. Your music has been huge to me. The Revenge era of Kiss is my favorite non-makeup era. I think Revenge is a masterpiece of a rock album, Um, especially songs like, you know, Domino and Tough Love and Heart of Chrome and just like, they're so good. Thou shall not. Like even the ones that aren't hits are bangers, you know. And he's like, oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. And I was like, I would love to send you a print if that's okay. I said, do you have a P.O. box or something that I could send it to? Because I'm not going to ask for his address. No, you know no, what I mean? No, yeah, right. And he sent me an address to send the print to. That So I went to the post office that day. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Ran to the post office. Tripping over the stairs to get to the post office. Right. Because by that <laughs> this time. This has got to go in the mail today. Oh, yeah, right. So it took, you know, about a week of talking to finally get to the address. And by then I had prints because. Because I'm getting ready for another show. And so I'm like, on it, got a tube to roll it up, put it in. Off to the post office I went, sent it to him. <laughs> and he sent me a text about, I want to say, three, four days later with a picture of it. And it said that he got it. And it's hanging in his house. Oh, my God. And as a Kiss fan, that was such, like, I got misty-eyed. You know, yeah. I'm like, here's one of my heroes that loves something that I made. And it's hanging in his damn house. That's How awesome, cool. Dude. And so, you know, and I, I know he's probably never going to hear this, but thank you, Bruce. That's so Tag cool. Tag a minute. But, yeah, another it was another case of, like, how cool. You know what I mean? And to kind of bring things full circle, this album is another sort of in that respect where musically ash was one of my heroes we grew up together um i've known i knew him since i was 15 friends for over 20 we went through so many musical things and life things together okay and you know when people when people pass away a lot of times people tend to saint sanctify them if you know what i mean where they're like this person was a saint and they were perfect and there was nothing or anything yeah yeah yeah, forget about everything else yes and 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 i'm not i'm not like not anything no you're not but no human being is perfect there's there's no such thing and for all the wonderful times we had together we also had a lot of not so wonderful time but that happens with family and close friends you you ebb and flow and you have you know you you see things of people that maybe not everybody else gets to see so this album also was me coming to terms with a lot of that and the last song we're gonna play really signifies that for me um in twofold the song is called painted over and the song is about putting on like a facade like you're really not okay but you're pretending you are so you have painted over eyes of like 
you look like everything's fine, but in reality, things aren't so great. <clears throat> okay. So, and this is from Ashley's mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, I, and you you did kind of touch on it, but I, it's kind of every, everybody sure. kind of, uh, that's kind of almost like after uh, post pandemic, that's how we are now. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, it was me, you know, it was listening to that song. I thought of the mental health stuff we were talking about before and that I would go out and do things with friends or go to work or whatever. And I would put on this face, like everything's cool. Everything's great. Woohoo. But at home, I wasn't great. And I didn't know what it was at the time, you know, but it was the whole depression thing we were talking about. And so I wanted to use this song as the closer of the record as a way, it's almost like a way to give hope. So the song itself does talk about a lot of the downsides of it, but there's this glimmer of hope that, you know, now that you've realized this, you can move forward and everything's going to be okay. I I wanted it, I wanted the album to end on like an exhale of like, things are going to be all right. And I think, you know, using that, because again, yeah, I really want mental health to be a huge focus on what this record represents. And, you know, really encourage everybody to, you know, talk to somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. If you're going through literally anything, a friend, a pastor, a bartender, whatever, you you know, find that person that you can just vent to. And, you know, because taking care of your, you, you, you only have one life on this earth if you that's what you believe in anyway. Um, so you want to take the best care of it you can. You know what I mean? I don't think we can say any more than that. <laughs> Here is Todd Gilbert with Painted Over, and it ends this episode of Sessions. Thank you very much, for Todd, Todd, for hanging out with Dude, us. thank you for having me. If you want to check out anything I've got going on, toddgilbertofficial.com is where you can find literally everything. I'm on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, you know, all that jazz. Come out to a convention, hang out, you know. And thanks for having me, man. I've always appreciated how much you guys support not just me, but the whole local music community. It's it's huge, and I really appreciate it. It's been our pleasure. Here's Todd Gilbert from Encore. Here's Painted Pants on Sessions. Underneath 
Stop.